Please listen carefully. And now, live from a saloon in Valentine, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two cowpokes and their posse, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we return to the old west. Come along with us, partner. Uh, we're doing our Build-A-Posse. Yeah. Head of the posse. No, just kidding. Build-A-Posse. Also known as Head of the Posse. Also known as Build-A-Posse. We have two names for it. Also known as the OK Buddy Posse, at least in my case. OK, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this was uh, suggested to us by the Rango Kid. Pew, pew, pew. John Jordan, one of our uh, great positrons, one of the OG positrons. Absolutely. And if you guys ever have a suggestion for uh, Build a Cruise or anything, really, just send it in to us. We'll give you the addresses at the end of the show. Yeah, we're a fan of thought experiments in general, but yeah. the nerdier, the better, because we can go deep. Uh, we've been known to uh, put on the old digital spurs and go play some Red Dead Redemption online with each other. Yeah. And, therefore, we, you know, this is a good idea to do uh, build our posse. So uh, we gather up all the people from fiction, nonfiction, anything on uh, different categories to build the posses. And so far, our posses consist of a gunslinger, a tracker, a doctor, a gambler, and a soldier. I think we're hitting all the right points. Yeah, and now we're adding kind of an interesting wild card one, but, you know, when the town folk need to gather up a group to go out and look for somebody, mm-hmm. sometimes this guy will be there, and that would be the preacher man. The only one who could ever reach me was a western preacher man. <laughs> no, absolutely a preacher. Something I noticed when I was like just doing my, my, my research for this is that... If a Western or a Western-style media has a preacher character in it that's yeah. done justice, it's mm-hmm. usually a sign that you're in for a good time. Yeah, you think so? I th- it's one of those characters that's like, you can't really just toss it in there. Like, yeah. you have to do it service. Yeah. And this- I found a lot of examples. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a cool character. Oh, yeah, that guy. But... Yeah, there's way more examples when you think when you start digging into it. Yeah. So At first, I was like, why did we pick this one? <laughs> but then, you know, there's there's a lot of good things. Usually they're just in the town with the doctor, but yeah. for some reason we have them to go because we're that kind of posse. Yeah, we might have we might we might need forgiveness on the road. <laughs> uh, hey man, it's always good to have a blessing or yeah. things like that. I mean, also it's Paladin from yeah, the D and D group, right. so yeah. that's why it's not unusual. Like, yeah. Why is there a preacher with you? It's the Paladin, indeed. I never even really thought of it that way. Before we get into it, let's go through who we have in our posse so far. My gunslinger is the man with no name. Clint Eastwood's character from the Dollar series. Mm-hmm. Uh, my tracker is the Nehru from the movie Prey. Yes. Um, so good. My doctor is Dr. Colleen Cooper, the adopted daughter of Dr. Quinn. <laughs> my gambler is Brady Hawks, Kenny Rogers' character from the Gambler series. No one went to hold him. And my soldier is Sergeant Major John Rollins, Morgan Freeman's character from Glory. <laughs> Who do you got on your... Uh, for my okay buddy, yeah buddy posse. <laughs> uh, I, for my gunslinger, it's John Wick in full cowboy getup. 
My tracker is Lou Diamond Phillips, specifically as Henry Standing Bear from Longmire. My doctor is Doc Holliday himself, but also the Tombstone version, Val Kilmer. Love it. My gambler is Lottie Denno. Real love character, love it. Yeah, Loretta De Niro, who, yeah, female badass from the real times. And then my soldier was Teddy Roosevelt. Not the real guy, but the Robin Williams Night at the Museum (laughs) version. Because, yes. Yeah, I love it. All right. So uh, Mikey uh, grabbed his uh, coin out of his pocket and flipped it. And And then shot it out of the air. (laughs) And said, I'm going first. Yes. And I said, let me take a look at that coin. And I did, and it had a hole in it, so I couldn't tell if it was two heads or not. That's how this game is played, partner. But yeah, we're going with Preacher's. I did notice that uh, I came across a Clint Eastwood preacher, and I was like, he played a preacher, and he was the preacher with no name in The Pale Rider. So (laughs) he went from man with no name to preacher with no name. He got one detail. I only play characters that don't have names. What if you have a preacher costume? He's like, all right, but that's way too much information. (laughs) Uh, So my third pick, there's a a little bit of a caveat here, because I had a hard time. Uh... Denzel Washington in the Book of Eli. Have you seen the Book of Eli? Oh, yeah, sure. Where he's the blind guy carrying the Bible. Yeah. Would that count as a preacher? Uh, wow. Considering he's essentially the last one. Maybe. Sure, why not? I don't know. That was the mental argument I was having with myself, and then it proved too stressful, and I said, <laughs> I'm picking something else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he stressed, he stressed yourself out. I lost that battle. I was like, fine, you win, brain. <laughs> So for my third pick, I went with Reverend Jesse Custer from the Preacher graphic novel. Oh, yeah. But. That's come up before, right? So that's that's the thing. I was going through all my bullet points and I was like, I've, I know I've talked about this. Yeah. I've, I'm first, I think it was a build a crew, mm-hmm. but I could not find my old notes to yeah. say, hey, this was talked about. Yeah. So to err in favor that it's talked about. Know that I love Preacher, the graphic novel. <laughs> uh, Jesse Custer, he hangs out with an Irish vampire. They made a whole TV show about it. Seth Rogen created it. Yeah. We've talked about it a few times on the podcast. Great property. He was going to be my number three just for being a badass. But because to talk about something I haven't talked about before, I went with The Three Musketeers. The Three Musketeers? Yes. I went with Aramis oh. because it's essentially French cowboys. Yes. They ride horses. Yeah, that's true. They sword fight. Mm-hmm. They had their own posse. Yes. And he was a preacher. He was going to be a priest before he ever became a musketeer. Oh, that's true. He was the famous womanizer. Well, yeah. I mean, they were all kind of womanizers, but he was the one that sort of became a musketeer because mm-hmm. of his falling out with a woman. Do you know in the in those musketeer properties, there's been so many like movies and TV shows they use them a lot. Mm-hmm. There's not enough musketeering. <laughs> They're called musketeers because they're like the elite guys who were allowed to use the firearms at the time. Essentially the special forces of the time. Right. Yeah. But they're always just like fighting with rapiers and stuff. It's like they're called musketeers. They've been specially trained in using these newfangled dangerous weapons called muskets. So is the solution that show them using muskets more or change their name to the sword of tears? No, they. I mean, they they are who they are, and yes, the, the, those things you'd shoot them and then go to swords, probably. But yes, there was one series I saw, and I don't know where they made it or where it's from, it was, or what it is. It's a newer one. I saw it on TV. Okay, I was just flipping through. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's the Mus- Three Musketeers. I like it, and I don't know who made it. Or, it was a series, I think. It okay. seemed like an episode. Yeah, but they were using their uh, the 
musket pistol, the pistols. <laughs> you know, like I don't know musket. muskets, yeah, the, but the pistol versions, yeah, of it. So they use those along blunderbusses. Yeah, not, they're like the things like the pirates carried around with them. I'm sticking with blunderbuss. I know the that's wrong, but matchlock pistols or there whatever. You go. Flintlock, yep. There's matchlock, then flintlock. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, nerd. <laughs> but at least there was a little gunplay in that series, and I was like, good. Yeah. Should be a little gunplay. It is in the name. You're right. Yeah. I just I've, I had forgotten that one of them was like that was one of the character arcs for them. Was yeah, you're the, right. The religious priesthood, and the funny part about it is like. It was part of his character in the sense that whenever he was being a priest and living that life, mm-hmm. he yearned to be a musketeer. And yeah. whenever he was a musketeer, he yearned to be the priest. And he never really fit neither, mm. which leads to his sort of charisma. Yeah. But he was a loyal friend. He's definitely a posse member you would want. Yeah. Because that sure. he like for as musketeery as he was, the one thing he never betrayed were his friends. That's true. So Aramis. My only other problem with the three musketeers is they always have that fourth guy. <laughs> Who shows up? Yeah, Pete Best. So, so the the new like he's the new guy. I forget what his name is in the Three Musketeers, <laughs> but I think he was um, Christian Slater in the movie. Yes, he's like the young guy, and mm-hmm. he's there. Mm-hmm. And it's like so. There's four of them, and it's like it's the Three Musketeers. If that's I mean, your reference as well, the character I'm picking is Charlie Sheen. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just to make it easier for some you know, upset. So it's like uh, who who else was in? Was it the uh, the Sutherland? Was he one of them? I think so. Yeah. And that wasn't that wasn't uh, Depardieu. That was, what's his name? Yeah, I don't remember. I, yeah. We didn't look it up. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> good on us for getting some of them right. Mm-hmm. Trivia night. Nerds with, with geeks who drink. I but I'm with you. For, you can't have a fourth musketeer. <laughs> yes. Use your musket because you're a musketeer. If you have three in there. And he's supposed to end the story like in... This came from books, right? Mm-hmm. Originally, I think like he, sho- I think he shows up later. I think it starts with the three for a, a while. Oh yeah, yeah. But they always want to shove him in. They need too, somebody to carry early. stuff. <laughs> they <laughs> need a, a MacGuffin person, a hostage. So, <laughs> so my third pick is kind of a silly. I mean, I don't think he'd be very useful in a posse, but I just wanted to talk about this show a little bit. Yes, because no one has ever come up yet in this show. Who I thought would really be appropriate this is also goes into the bigger thing where i want to talk to you about the stuff we watch that we don't know why we watched it so much and we still stop on it and it was huge at the time and i'm talking about the great western series little house on the prairie (laughs) of course and it was on like when i was alive it's like from around 80 1980 ish Mm -hmm. And it was on TV. It was really popular. It's based on the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, which are kind of like, I think if you want to know about like American literature and stuff, you got to kind of throw those in there because it talks about the pioneers and the West. And oh, absolutely. A, yeah, yeah. a female writer and it has so many merits, but they turned it into this TV series that went on forever. <laughs> I mean, we watched those, that girl go from like 10 to like 20, right? It was on like forever. Forever. Yeah, it was one of those just omnipresent things, which makes sense because the books were serial as well. Yeah. So, I mean, sort of fitting in the transition between media. So it was kind of a fixture in my life, and it was probably something my parents watched, maybe probably my mom, but then it was always on reruns and stuff, and it would be on, and in my brain, in my Gen X brain, the beginning part where the girl rolls down the hill and stuff, which was actually wasn't supposed to happen. She actually fell and did her somersault. But anyway. And that, yeah, pastoral music is 
yeah, playing the theme yeah, song. It's yeah. so like iconic to me. Um, but so that's when when you say preacher, Western preacher, the first thing that pops into my head is the preacher from Little House on the Prairie. There you go. That's Reverend Robert Alden, who was played by Dabs Greer, which is a great name <laughs> and a great character actor. If you saw his face, you'd recognize it. And the reason why you'd recognize it, because if you go look up how much stuff he was in, mm-hmm. it's like from 1949 up until like 2000. Or so, it's forever. <laughs> and he was, in, there's so, he was in so much stuff. Like you can't even list it. He was just living on the studio lot and be like, hey, you need something to, somebody basically, to do something today? Basically, an amazing character actor was in so many things. But basically, he was kind of an old man. He was, <laughs> but he was like, you know, the town minister, and they go to him when they had, like, moral dilemmas and stuff, and he was friendly to the family. He was like, like you said, the doctor yep. and him and the guy who ran the general store were like the three, they were like the three buddies in town. They're all friends, and yep. they would be the ones who would be in the background, like, eating pie at, like, the the... <laughs> The social, the, yeah. the the town social and stuff. I mean, they're just there, and but just when I think a preacher, his face comes into my head, and he had the classic. He's actually based on a real person. Well, everyone is should be in Little House on Prairie based on a real person because yeah. it was actually her like memoirs. Yeah, it's from the books and stuff. And I know the show probably added characters and stuff, but this wasn't an added character. The Reverend Alden was the real life preacher in the real life Walnut Grove where Laura Ingalls was from. And uh, he appears in one of the book called On the Banks of Plum Creek. <laughs> and apparently his entire family was killed in a disaster and it, he became an alcoholic and then had he bottomed out and then... Why is that always the backstory? But this is this is the real guy's backstory, so maybe that's why it's the backstory. That's crazy. Because that, that is like, if you're going to do it right, it has to have tones of that. Like, yeah. They're they're coming of faith. Not only are they growing up in the frontier like Wild West times, yeah. but their coming of faith is oh they lost everything and found God. It's like yeah. holy crap. But this this is, this is the guy's real story apparently. So that's awesome. Um, well, not awesome, but, but yeah. interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only upside for him is there were a couple times in the show where he like got a little of a fierce temper. Like one time there's a these. Uh, troublemakers that came into town and he like <laughs> stood up to him and even got a little bit physical with him. Nice. So wrath of God. He <laughs> um, still got that divine justice. But basically like how Little House on the Prairie is, it's like, it's kind of interesting because it's that a Western that didn't have like, you know, tons of gunplay in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we're just living in a town on the frontier. Yeah. Not yeah. slice of life because we got so many slices of it, but of yeah. that style rather than like action. Yeah. An entire pie of life. <laughs> there you go. Wait, Life of Pie. I read that book. Oh, wait, different book. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, Reverend Alden, you just, that's the prototypical, like, if you told me to, like, draw a mind painting of a Western <laughs> That's your reverend. default avatar. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the guy's name is Dabs. So. Yeah. Um, do we know, like, he was the preacher character throughout the series? The entire series. He was from beginning to end. Awesome. I didn't yeah. want another Dr. Quinn incident. No, he was from beginning to end, that guy. Well, that's a great third pick. I'm curious yeah. to see who comes before him, because that sounds like who you'd want to stick with. Yeah. But that means we're on to middle picks. Middle picks. The middle children. We still love you, <laughs> even though you're not the first children. Uh, but my second pick is... 
I don't know if they ever call him Preacher. I do know they call him by his name a bunch in this movie, but his name is Cord. C-O-R-D. Cord. Cord. And he's played by Russell Crowe. And that's not usually who you would think as a Preacher character. It's like, when was Russell Crowe ever a Preacher? And it was in The Quick and the Dead, the Sam Raimi oh, version. Oh, yeah. Which is so Sam ridiculous. Raimi, Quick and the Dead. Yeah, yeah. well, it's Sam Raimi. <laughs> it, it is very Raimi-verse, mm. and so that's why I'm bringing it up, yeah. mainly to talk a little bit about Quick and the Dead, but also because yeah. it's early Russell Crowe, so his character is really rad. Yeah. But there is The Quick and the Dead that was uh, Sam Elliott. So right. I don't mm-hmm. want to, no shade on that one. Right. 1987 TV movie, technically, mm-hmm. but that's Sam Elliott being, oh, look, you were meant to be a cowboy right. in all iterations of I your life. I was born in the wrong era. <laughs> I'm just going to keep that era with me wherever I go. And my mustache. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm doing this voice right. Something like that. It's deep and country sounding. No, 100%. <laughs> uh, but for Russell Crowe, yeah, he played Cord, but the interesting thing about Cord is that he sort of did, he has that backstory. He's a preacher now, mm-hmm. but he was a gunfighter. Mm-hmm. And he lived the whole life of the Wild West gunslinger killing people and being really good at it because he's still alive, but then had, you know, tragic events and he ended up a preacher. Yep. But this is Sam Raimi, so we don't really get too many of the reasons why. <laughs> because this movie is awesome because it's essentially <laughs> a battle royale, a, a gunfight. Yeah. At the not okay corral, but uh, Gene Hackman yep. plays Herod, yep. King Herod. Oh, oh sorry, Lord er, Lord Herod. I mean, mm-hmm. Sir Herod. <laughs> I mean, Sheriff Herod. It's old yeah. metaphor, Herod. Mm-hmm. And he brings all the talented gunslingers together and yep. says, 24 hours, have fun. Here are the rules. Try and kill each other. <laughs> it's so like it, it's like um, blood sport. That's it. <laughs> with style. cowboys, yeah. Oh, Sam Raimi. So that's second pick just for the movie being awesome. And then Russell Crowe gets the cool intro in that uh, his name is Cord. And then in the movie, he's being hanged. And Mm. then uh, Sharon Stone, who is the lead, the lady, shoots him down. And like Mm -hmm. that's how he gets, she gets him on her side. Mm -hmm. Is that's like, oh, I saved your life. So now you owe me one. But his name's Cord and he's hanged by Cord. And that's Uh how he gets introduced. (laughs) I love it. So simple. Sam Raimi. We've talked about it before, but I love directors who have, you can tell it's their movie. Mm-hmm. They have such a signature style and bent and take. And, you know, Sam Raimi's definitely one of those. Yeah, because uh, you go, yeah, it's the guy that directed Spider-Man, Evil Dead, and The Quick and the Dead. And you're yeah. like, a Western, a superhero, and a horror? Okay. But at the same time, those you can see all of it. Especially mm-hmm. with his crazy camera moves, yeah, which yeah. are in all three. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Sam Raimi's great. I agree. So what year did that thing come out? Uh, Quick and the Dead was 1995. Oh, yeah, that was baby Russell Crowe, wasn't it? Heyday. The movie takes place on Dio de los Muertos in 1881, so authentic Western times. (laughs) But there is, I mean, they made it barely like period piece. I know. They're like, yeah, we're just going to have a gunfight. Yeah, Sam Raimi. Gotta love them. Yes. All right. This could, my middle pick could have easily been my number one pick. Nice. Easily. And almost was. But for something fun, I think I'm doing. Anyway, <laughs> we love it. We know it. It's good old Firefly and the great Shepherd Dario book played by the late, great Ron Glass. Yeah. Good old book. Now, here's the interesting thing. There wouldn't have been much to talk about book, really, between the show and the movie, um, because he was meant to be a mysterious character, yes. who I think they were kind of, he was kind of 
Whedon was kind of waiting to reveal his story over time and never got really the chance to do it. As far as the crew of the Serenity knew, he was a mysterious preacher, but they called him shepherds. Yep. And he'd been living at South Down Abbey. He had never been married, and he has left the Abbey to go as a, out as a missionary. Yep. And ran in with this group, and he was trying to save them, and he felt like they were corrupting him. So then he left, and then he... <laughs> Spoiler alert, dies in the movie. <laughs> no. Uh, and, and, you know, he goes out in a blaze of glory, but the end. That's And that's pretty much the long and the short of what we know about him. That's it. But Joss Whedon loves to do comic books. Absolutely. So they did a whole comic book about Book's origin story. Uh, because they, I believe the first experiment was when Buffy got canceled, they translated to comic books. Right. And because that was popular enough, we got more Firefly. Right. So there's tons of Firefly lore in comic book form. Yep. There's a whole arc about where Book came from. And first of all, that's not even his real name. Nope. Um, <laughs> his real name is Henry Evans. And he was a thief who got involved with the um, independence movement and became a double agent and infiltrated <laughs> the alliance. And apparently he has a robot eye that was used for spying. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, right? He became an officer in the alliance and worked his way up to a high command of a ship <laughs> and led this whole like fleet into an ambush where the they got destroyed and had the worst space battle failure of the war. Are you telling me he's Firefly's version of Moff Gideon? Uh, <laughs> maybe. There's a lot of overlap there. But uh, he got immediately discharged without a trial because it was the greatest disaster in Alliance history and then spent six years bouncing around the verse before he went into the Abbey. And that's the same great war that starts off the TV show. Right. Okay, okay. Right. So everybody has their sort of tragic switch right? or tragic conflict around that same battle. Yeah. Okay. So basically he joined the independence movement, became a double agent to work for the Alliance, had his robot eye put in there so they could spy through his eye. Neat. Became well. an Alliance officer and did all that. And then his actual, he got the name Daryl Book because he had to take a pro-Alliance identity. So he like literally ah. killed a guy and <laughs> took his identity. Yep. Uh, so he like garroted, 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 garroted. He garroted the guy in an alley. Unless, um, unless the guy he was killing his name was Garrett, then he just garroted him. He's like, I hate you, Garrett. But he did have that arc, like we were saying, where yes. where <laughs> he he. I just your joke was a slow burn. Your joke was a slow burn on me. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, he 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 had that uh, arc where he did all these bad things. And then six years in running around the universe and then decided to like go into this abbey. That's it. And then had the conversion, uh, but didn't change his name back, kept the name of the man he killed. Maybe just to remember. I, that seems like Remember uncharacter. what he did. Yeah, as like, as not punishment. What is it? it but the reminder of yeah. like, this is your old self. So he would have been easily a great number one. Absolutely. And, and I would have done it. But once we get to my number one, Maybe you'll see the reasons. I like it. Yeah, you had mentioned it, but like that's the rumor that I had always heard is that the plans for Firefly before cancellation for the TV show was yeah. always to get into book side of things, right? Because that would that was how they were going to open up the rest of the world because of how far he had traveled. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, it, they they ended up using, I guess, most of that for the comic books, right. which are a good read. Yeah, they're, they're a fun time. They are no no TV show. No, boo hiss Hollywood. Oh, you Goram savages! Yeah, I know. Killing right? off book, and that always gets overshadowed by Wash because Wash dies too. Spoiler yeah. alert! Ha! Huh. <laughs> I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch as I soar. <laughs> yeah, them that was that was a Joss Whedon. How dare you! <laughs> Oh, I, is, if I ever met him, that's why I'd be like, why'd you kill Wash? <laughs> He's like, you don't care about books? He's like, I care about both of them, you jerk. <laughs> the <laughs> book was old, at least. <laughs> True. It's a little bit more fitting. And he murdered people. He was a yeah. bad guy. Just kidding. He had a redemption arc. He did. I like that in The Preacher, because mm-hmm. they they're the great character, mm-hmm. but they had the life experience to right. understand the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, but that's an interesting tangent because you say Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon tried to do a preacher character that I considered for a minute, and that was Caleb at the end of Buffy. Oh, yeah. But not really Western, not really cowboy. Yeah. Just evil. Wait, wasn't that Nathan Fillion? It was. Oh, yeah. So Firefly <laughs> as well. But that's actually what got him the Mal, or part of the reason he got the Mal character is because they had such good repertoire yeah. on Buffy. How could you not have good repertoire with Nathan Fillion? <laughs> he seems like a delight. He does. Yeah. He seems like a fun time. Yeah. So I had that idea in my mind, and I remember that somebody had done that perfectly and better and before, or around the same time. I actually, oh, I guess this is later. Sorry. So did it second and improved upon it. But that is Clancy Brown. We love Clancy Brown on this podcast playing Brother Justin Crow from the old show Carnival. Carnival. It was on HBO. You're going to tell me about this. I don't even know it. Yep. Came out. It was. It aired on HBO from 2003 to 2005. That was my dark period. It's a dark period, and here's why most people don't know about it. It was also Sopranos' heyday. Oh, okay. So it was like, Sopranos, Sopranos, Sopranos. And then there's this stinky little show that's about uh, a traveling circus in 1920s Dust Bowl. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at the stills, uh, it's got Michael J. Anderson in it from mm. Twin Peaks, the little person. Okay. The, I call him the creepy little guy because I think he loves that, the, yeah. that moniker. That's what he's known for in Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. He's kind of reprising that role mm. in Carnival as the... The Ringmaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's why I chose this one, because it's Wild West enough. It's 1920s, yeah. but it's Dust Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Grapes of Wrath, mm-hmm. like that whole era where everything is just about as crappy as it was in the Wild West. Yeah. With the addition that dust is in everything you own and eat. Mm-hmm. I don't think like the I don't think the West really went away until like World War II, really. I believe it. I mean, yeah. there were still little pockets mm-hmm. of people like living like that. I believe it. And until like people started getting pulled out to have to go fight a war, or until they until they started putting in like way more train stuff. Yeah, and it just it seems like that that geez, even now some people still you know until they until they started. I, I think what happened, you know, is after the war, there was all those surplus Jeeps for them to use and stuff like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, there you go. I think that's really the difference. Yeah. Right? When when the horse started shifting over to ATVs. I believe it. I think that's when it stopped being Old West. <laughs> we got faster horses now. Yeah. That, hey, that seems like the upgrade. I believe it. Uh, but Carnival is awesome. It is It's wonderful. In the same way that Deadwood was amazing mm-hmm. and sort of slept on, Carnival is even more so. It's got Clancy Brown, who uh, was in Highlander. He was Clancy Brown's yeah. and everything. He's got the Ron Perlman sort of David Harbour like vibe, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. could play Hellboy if you really wanted him to. Right. But Clancy Brown is a little bit more gruff. Right. 
I love him in Highlander. That's he'll, yeah. he'll all, that's the real the default avatar you were talking mm-hmm. about when I think Clancy Brown. It's that. Mm-hmm. The catch with this one is, um, without giving too much away, he is the series antagonist. Okay, but he is a preacher. Ah. And there's loose sort of thematic elements to a sort of savior antichrist. Oh. In Carnival. Interesting. Never really outright done, but that's yeah. the themes they're playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is it's sort of like a superpower. Like it's it's divine, obviously. So yeah. the protagonist and the antagonist don't really get control or choice in it. Mm. And it's a study in how does a good person and a bad person do it? Oh. Clancy Brown, as the preacher, is the bad version oh, of it. I see, yeah. And he's such a good preacher, and his power has become the Word of God. Mm-hmm. But the Word of God is just uh, compelling, mm. which is compelling people to do your bidding. Oh. So it gets deeper into that. It goes crazier. It's really supernatural and weird, Yeah, on top of being 1920s Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. But... He plays this character so well. There's so much gravitas, and the fact that it's a reverse of the the gunslinger or the ex-murderer or the ex-con man that has a coming to the Lord and then becomes the voice of God, mm-hmm. usual Western preacher trope. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit of the opposite. He starts out, has his own like parish, uh, but then his family gets murdered, and he goes to the dark side. Oh. So he's a little bit Sith. So I have to retcon. I'm not going to spoil the ending by saying what it is, but I do have to do some retconning based on how the series ends because Carnival is uh, a victim of the cancellation acts. Ah. Two seasons and not even close to a satisfying ending. Mm. So like a firefly as well. Is there a comic book about it? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Oh. That'd be a good idea. Ooh, maybe we can get in on that. Mm. Uh, be the people responsible for the Kickstarter. But there is resolution to a part of... Brother Crow's story. Mm. I'd have to retcon it a little bit and, you know, make him so he can actually hang out in my posse. Yeah. But I think that'd be such a fun, like, it's like a character with a curse, you know? Mm. Like, sometimes you can't control wild magic, and it's that sort of element oh, wow. to it. Cool. And it's Clancy Brown. So <laughs> there's a couple little quotes that just sort of encapsulate how he is. Because the the best part about Clancy Brown playing this preacher is that it's not a, a it's not an overnight switch. It's not like mm-hmm. oh he got struck by lightning so now he's a bad guy. It's like you spend six or seven episodes being like, is he a good guy? Oh yeah. Is he a bad guy? He sounds really sincere, but his eyes are dead. <laughs> you know, like that that sort of yeah. vibe. So as he's sort of growing in power and recognition, he gets interviewed by the old-timey like radio hosts of the 20s that were letting people know oh, what yeah. was going on across the country. And they're like, we have this new preacher who's amassing a huge congregation. Like, what's the good word, brother? And they're getting into a conversation. <laughs> Clancy Brown's like, you know, this reminds me of the phrase, I'm making a deal with the devil. And the radio host goes, oh, come on, man. I'm not that bad. And Clancy Brown says, no, you're not. <laughs> and then they continue the conversation, and it's just like, oh, you're talking about yourself, but you didn't give it away. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brother Crow also had the belief that vulgarity is not a sin against God, but against polite society. Between you and me, I don't give a shit about polite society. Yeah. That's so funny. To, it, I mean, the preacher, but he's got that the Wild West tango in him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He, he knows that there's bad parts of the world that just have to be. Oh. Including maybe uh, hurting some people oh. to get the mission done. You need that in a posse. You got the wild card in your posse. <laughs> so, yeah, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. 
brother Justin Crow, and this is mainly just to talk about Carnival because more people should watch it, and maybe it is. Yeah. It plenty of time has passed. It could come back, and they could do it right. Mm. So not not that they did it wrong, but do it justice and give it more. Yeah, right. Oh, Hollywood, you keep doing this to us. <laughs> All right. My uh, my topic is very similar in the arc, sort of. I don't know if you're familiar with this film or this character. I really wasn't until I started looking around, and then I was like, oh, I can just watch this movie because it's, like, free. Uh, so <laughs> I've done that so much recently, but yes. So I watched it, and I was like, oh, wow. This is, uh, this is like a... To me, it's a... Uh, why didn't I know about this, and why don't I hear anyone talking about this? I'm not saying it's the best movie in the world, but it's very interesting. Have you ever heard of the album The Red-Headed Stranger? <laughs> yes, but I'm the weirdo. It's yeah. a 1975 Willie Nelson album, The Red-Headed Stranger. I think it's one of his more popular ones. Mm -hmm. So much like Kenny Rogers, The Gambler, they made a movie called The Red-Headed Stranger. What? Starring Willie Nelson. Awesome. In 1986. So it was a good 11 years after his album came out. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, not that Willie's heyday ever went down, but no. sort of past Willie heyday a little bit. But it was Willie with lots of money, so he funded doing all of this himself. It was filmed here in Texas. That's awesome. Outside of Austin, and they built this town that they called Willie Town. Willie Town. Because it revolves around a town. And basically, much like The Gambler, they took songs from The Red-Headed Stranger and kind of wrote a story. Awesome. Uh, based on the songs. And the songs and the lyrics do play over some of the scenes that are happening <laughs> uh, with what's going on. Willie Nelson plays Reverend Julian Shea. <laughs> yes. Who's a preacher who goes out, said in 1901, because that's in the song, goes out from Philadelphia out to Driscoll, Montana <laughs> to replace the, the minister that's there. And... Ominously, the the town of Driscoll, Montana, is, it's like just fallen apart and dilapidated. Yeah. And when he shows up, he says to the other preacher, I know it's difficult. He goes, you can take as long as you want. I know it's difficult to leave your congregation. He's like, no, I'm going to go right now. <laughs> and and was like, what's going on? And he's like, and he tells, the old minister tells Willie Nelson, the new minister, you'll be fighting the devil on his ground here, sir. Wow. That's, that's not like, what you want the old... That's the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's not what you want you, the guy you're replacing to say. Right. Be like, good luck. First of all, did you know how good of an actor Willie Nelson is? He's I, very good. I've only seen him show up as like a comedy bit, but yeah. he, I mean, he always nails it because he yeah. always seems like he's game like to play whatever people want him to do, you know? He's very good. One of the knocks I found on this movie is people say it's kind of slow, so that there's a lot of like face acting in it. Okay. And to me, that's the hardest acting, like yeah. conveying what your character's thinking. And he does a lot of it. And I was very impressed by Willie Nelson. Like, just for the performance of Willie Nelson alone, yeah. this was surprising to me in this. Yeah, because, um, like, I, the assumption is that Willie Nelson is one note a little bit. Right. Like, you know you, you know who Willie Nelson is, right. you know, but put him in a movie, he shines. That's yeah. awesome. It was, his wife is, is the preacher's wife is played by Morgan Fairchild of... Um, oh, yeah. What was that, Dynasty? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Or I forget which one she was in. Falcon Crest? I'm one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Knott's Landing? No, Knott's what was it? It was one of those. <laughs> but um, she's a society lady from Philadelphia. She hates it out there. Of course. Right? 
And so the town is basically run by the Clavers clan, Lauren Clavers and his sons. And they monopolize the water supply because the well went dry and they have a spring on their land. Someone's poisoned the water hole. So basically they have to like people have to buy water from him. He he doesn't let them just take the water from his spring. They have to, they have to sell it. I get it. He has the town in his grip and the town's falling apart because and these guys are uh, they're wolf trappers. Ah, so, so yeah, they poison wolves and, you know, sell the hides. And that's old TV in that, like, they're wolf trappers, so you can just go ahead and put attributes of wolf onto them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the sheriff is no good. And, I mean, he's an honest man, but he's scared of them and, and everything. So yeah. what, basically what happens is Willie Nelson is like, I'm going to see if there's water in this well. And he goes down in there and he finds water in the well. And, of course, the... Clavers are like, what is this upstart preacher doing? Yep. And the preacher's like, you need to, you can't let these people run this town. And his wife is unhappy. She hates it there. And stuff starts just to go to heck. And like his wife, it's a country music song. His wife leaves, yeah. leaves him for uh, her the mailman for a, for her original bow from Phil Dove comes out and gets her. Oh. Right. Yep. The town won't raise up against the Travers clan. They like bust the windmill that they use to get the water out of the well. Yep. And the, he just gets darker and darker and darker. And he just has this fall from grace where mm -hmm. he literally goes and tracks down his wife and her lover, shoots them dead. Both of them? Both of them. Okay. Shoots them dead. What? In some saloon somewhere. He comes walking out of the saloon and he grabs that like preacher bib yep. that they were and he just rips it off. Of course he does. Yep. And then he just has, he just roams around the West. His hair grows longer and longer, and he's just killing people. He just goes on a on a rager. Okay. And then he meets this. Uh, well, he kind of kills some guys in front of her. <laughs> They're bad guys. They're trying to do bad things to this woman who's alone with her son. I get it. And she's the lady from the uh, the graduate at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. The, who he runs away with or whatever. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I only know Dustin Hoffman. I can't yeah, think of the lady's name. You know who name. she is. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I was like, oh, that's that lady. And anyway, this is where his redemption arc starts. He starts helping her with the farm and stuff because yep. he feels bad because those, those guys who are messing with her, they stole his horse. Yeah. And so he was chasing them. Gotcha. And then they get there and they, you know, they want to get friendly with her. They shoot her field hand. Yeah. Because he's like, hey, what are you doing? And then he shows up and blows him away because that's his MO now. And then he feels bad that she doesn't have any help anymore. So ends up plowing her fields for her. There you go. Then the sheriff gets kicked out. So he shows up to kill him. Okay. Shoots him, thinks he kills him, but she's <laughs> like, she saves him. There you go. And that's when this whole thing starts. And then eventually she's like, did you really do all these bad things? And he's like, yes. And she's like, why are you helping me now? And he's like, I guess I went so far one way. I got to swing back the other way. That's it. it so that's, that's his redemption. So then he ends up going to find the sheriff. And the, by the time the sheriff's a drunk. Of course. Sobers the sheriff up. And then they go back and they take care of the Travers clan. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then he at the end, he goes back to the lady and her son. And it's starts a, nice a new bow. parish in a community, I would imagine. See? 
And that's the guy I want on my posse. I want the end one. The end one. <laughs> who uh, he, is, he, he knows how to kill a man. He's killed say, plenty yeah. of men. But he's now he's a family man and he's had his redemption arc. Upstanding community you know, member. Yeah. But at the same time, he still knows how to say a prayer for the group. Yeah. And if stuff starts going to shooting, he, you know, he's got a cool hand. And he knows to take the habit off before he does dirty work. Right. Is it a habit for a priest or is no, that only a No, it's called a, I don't know what it's called. I could, it looked like a bib, yeah. basically. Yeah. I called it a preacher's bib, is what I, I call it. I, I never would imagine that a Willie Nelson property would have gotten that dark. It gets super dark. I was... I'm in super su- intrigued now. I was surprised, because I, I thought it would be along the lines of the Kenny Rogers Gambler thing, yeah, yeah. but it's way darker than that. And I think it's super cool to have both Kenny Rogers and Willie Nelson in my boss. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, the stories you'll hear. That's It'll what I'm saying. Pass the time on that horse. Yeah. So I'm choosing Julian Shea, Willie Nelson from the Redhead Stranger movie. That's crazy that they murdered people. I yeah. figured he would just been the preacher and been like, Mama, don't let your babies grow up uh, to dude, be cowboys. I don't want to spoil it. That, see, I don't think I spoiled it by telling you about, because that's in the song. The song no, no, yeah, talks yeah. about him, like the guy who the Redhead Stranger shoots both his wife and her lover. It's, it's the backstory, the yeah. But he kills so many. The, if you watch this, you'll be surprised. <laughs> you, you'll be like, he just killed him? He just killed, you know, it's like, Oh, he 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 goes dark. Maybe we need to do a redheaded stranger kill count watch. Maybe, but yes, I highly recommend it. It's, I think it's free on the Roku channel. Oh hell yeah! But yeah, it's a good it's a good time. And it's Willie Nelson, like you said. Yeah, I wonder if I, I mean I'm sure they do because they're probably old business partners. But I'd be curious to see what the actual dynamic between Willie Nelson and Kenny Rogers is. Oh yeah, it would. But uh, I thought the movie was great as it's so Red Dead. Like everyone's dirty and smelly and everything's falling apart. And like that is very red. And and the Travers clan is so like red dead bad guys. Yeah, the a da- to, it's yeah. a dad and all brothers, and they're all like, Oh, we get it. They're they're just mean and rotten. They just remind me. I was just sitting there I'm going, Man, this is like a side mission from Red Dead. Exactly. And I think that trope is even in there too, which I mean they Red Dead would pull as yep. inspiration from yep. this, but like uh, uh Reverend uh, not Reverend Sampson. There's a reverend in there, but yeah. he's like a deadbeat. He's like a drunk because yeah. he used to be like the the preacher for the gang. Yeah, as like there, you boys did okay. Yeah. You're forgiven, but then they kicked him out, and yeah. he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I might as well just be a preacher out in the wild. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I if any if you're a fan of Red Dead, <laughs> watch uh, Redheaded Stranger. But that's also the inspiration for this whole thought experiment. Yeah. So that that's kind of fitting. They did the reverend character, and that proves my or another bullet point to my point that I made earlier that. If you have a good preacher in your cowboy media, it's probably going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, we there's our preachers. We got a Clancy like Brown over yeah. there and a Willie Nelson over here. Yeah. That's an angel and devil on your shoulder, if, uh-huh. if I ever heard of one. <laughs> Except I only got the devil half and you only got the angel half. So yeah. it's like, what? Well, he turned into a devil for a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm surprised that I didn't. I didn't even know this existed. I knew about the song, mm-hmm. but anyway, no, it's definitely something I'm adding to my queue yeah. on the Roku channel. All right, you guys know who's in our posse. We want to know who's in your posse. Yeah, yeah. You can let us know on all our social medias at Assuming Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also send us a Gmail, Assuming Positions at Gmail dot com. Dot com every week and it's so hard when we do we're what how many in are we into the build a posse now this is uh, One, this is two, member three, number four. six this is six mikey how do you want it formatted he goes oh because he always wants to do it old west theme that's it 
That's easy. Telegram, man. Yeah. My opinion is this. Stop. You should. You are wrong about this. Stop. Uh, also, the train will be here at three ten. Stop. You did that already. I know. See, that's what I want to keep doing. Oh yeah. But for the ridiculous six, I am gonna ridiculous say ridiculous six. Oh yeah. Uh, we're talking about preachers. Uh, divine oh. inspiration. Uh, speak in tongues. Write it. Oh. Write it in either fervent faith and belief. Good one. Or just mad ramble rant. Be like, I say on the mountaintop, I will choose the man who takes down the Clavis clan. It is the one and only red-headed stranger himself, that outlaw singer Willie Nelson. I love that old-timey preacher. <laughs> that, that's that's Brother Crow right there. He does all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> write it in that spirit, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get the opinions going. It's great. We also want to let you know, if you like what we're doing here, you can support us on buymeacoffee.com slash assumingpod. Mike is drinking his coffee right now. Right now. Um, so buy him another one because it's almost <laughs> empty. Um, it has been 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> we also want to let you guys know that we will be at Baycon 2023, the first weekend of July, down Houston Way. Shaking hands and causing smiles. It's at the Pasadena Convention Center in Pasadena, Texas. Um, <laughs> we want to thank you, Positron, so much for listening. We really appreciate you. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing announcing, Not Scott Productions for our equipment, and Jazzar for our music. And we hope you guys have another great old Western week. Yeah, buddy. Down at Boot Town. My dog just ain't going to hunt. Everything's tax-free. <laughs> I don't know. what I'm, I'm advertising Boot Town now. I don't know why. Yeah. Everybody needs a good pair of boots. Yeah, just don't have a snake in your boots. No, there's a snake in. Oh, the Travers poison the water well. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>